Yeah. Ew. And here we go on another edition of Sunday Pour. My name is Anthony. I'm here on the horn with my cousin Ant. Catching up on a couple things uh, for the week. Ant, how the fuck's it going, man? And what are you drinking tonight? Having a little Four Roses single batch. All right. Ooh. And uh, Excellent choice. Doing a lot better than all MJ's teammates from the uh, late 90s. <laughs> Just being <laughs> eviscerated one by one. Some of those guys seem to be happy to be on the team, man, still, to this day. Oh, yeah. I mean, now now they can look back and laugh, but at the time, I think it was a little uh, oh, traumatic oh. at times. A little less bitterness than I expected, to be honest with you. I mean, I, well, I winning, assume they, winning cures all. I guess so, yeah. They probably cut out. Although, we'll, we'll Purdue, we'll get into that a little bit later. We got, we got a lot of bull stuff to cover. Yeah. Will Purdue was the one guy who I think kind of got close to, to – uh, Showing some animosity towards Jordan, though. Well, I don't think he won a ring. I think that's why. No, Unless... Purdue, Purdue was on the first three, Pete. All three of those teams? He was on a couple. Yeah, if he was on, if he was on all three of them, I don't rec- – I'm going to say he was on all three of them. Uh, I th- I, okay. I'm not positive. I thought he got sure. caught in between. No, no. He was, de- he was definitely on he – was, he, was, he was Bill Cartwright's backup. All right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, more bull stuff to come, so stay tuned. I uh, got to say, we've done some uh, good numbers with uh, those movie episodes. Nothing crazy, but uh, thanks to everybody who's listened to those. Any suggestions on what we should do next? We'll probably get going on those again next week. We got a couple plans, a couple episode plans out. Uh, Jesus Christ, a couple episodes planned out uh, for this week. Uh, well, one more this week, but it's not really around uh, a new movie. I mean, we have a movie in mind, Ant, but not uh, nothing like nothing like the Donnie Brasco episode we did a couple weeks ago. No, no, not quite. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll get back on. We'll get back doing those kind of movies probably next week. Uh, but yeah, thanks to everybody who listened to those guys. Those are a lot of fun to do. Um, first, uh, first, a couple of things to kind of get off the list here. Uh, we lost a legend yesterday. Uh, that legend, of course, is Jerry Stiller. Guy was in the industry, in the business for uh, forever, since the early 50s, I think it was, when I was looking at his career. It's amazing. The guy worked for 40-some-odd years, and then if he stopped working in, like, 1989, I don't think people probably would not remember this guy at all. Uh, he would he, – the best I could think of – I mean, he's not George Burns, but, like, like George Burns is a guy who was a legend, but – People, I guarantee you, there's a generation of people who have no idea who George Burns is. And Jerry Stiller could have been like one of those guys had a great career. He's fucking hysterical. Uh, A lot of great clips of him, like old school on YouTube. But it was the '90s when Seinfeld came around, and he he got the uh, he got tabbed as uh, George Costanza's father, Frank Costanza. And now the guy's, I mean, beloved by a whole new generation of fans, and everybody's in mourning. And then again, even in the early 2000s with King of Queens, um, yeah, this whole second act. I'd probably not even a second act, probably like a third or a fourth act to his career. But, um, and of course, he's like in Zoolander. His son Ben has, you know, been acting forever now. And he's a comedian in his own right. 
Um, but yeah, so Jerry Stiller, we, we lost him. Rest in peace to uh, Frank Costanza. And do you have any thoughts, feelings? On, uh, uh, yeah, just a, a real odd career because obviously he didn't become a household name until he was a little bit older. Uh, mm-hmm. He said he died at 92 and Seinfeld you know, came on the scene about 30 years ago. So he's in his you know 60s at the time. Obviously a legendary character in Frank Costanza. Uh, and then, you know, even uh, after that, he, he parlayed that into that role in The King of Queens playing Arthur, which I, I didn't religiously watch that show, but, you know, here and there I watched it. And he was always uh, <laughs> he was hilarious. I mean, I don't want to say he played the same character as Frank, but, you know, he knew what he was doing. He was playing Jerry Stiller, basically. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, which was well, yeah, yeah, obviously, uh, you always remember him as Frank from Seinfeld, George's father. Uh, yeah, I mean, I... I I wish I could say more about him, but I really don't know. I think like most people don't know really anything before Seinfeld. I know him and his wife were, they like a uh, comedy duo or. I uh, yeah. I saw they had, they had like a clip on, um, I'm not, who's even before Johnny Carson. Uh, is that one of those like late night shows before Carson? Okay. And, they, and he was like, they did like a, like a standup routine basically. Like a, yeah, just like a, a, a Husband wife stand up routine, which was common, I guess, back in those days. I can't remember, but I mean, there's more than one one of these type of duos out there where it's kind of that male female dynamic. Uh, but yeah, that's something that's that's a blast of the past right there in its own right. That that whole uh, people don't do that shit anymore, man. No, and then uh, yeah, and then he obviously breaks on the scene, Seinfeld out of nowhere, and uh, the rest is history, I guess. You know, yeah, but he's just he's this well respected guy. Even 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 with like you know guys like me and you not knowing him in, in the industry, he's like a well respected, oh, yeah, well known guy. Uh, on Seinfeld, as far as he might be, the like the most classic of the secondary characters on that show. He might be the most quotable secondary character on the show. He might be everybody's favorite secondary character on the show. I mean, outside the big four, it's probably Frank Costanza. Is everybody's, you know, and Festivus is, I mean, Festivus, was, Festivus will live on forever. Of course, and every yeah. year, December 23rd comes around and we're going to be, that episode's been on, you know, for 20 years straight. Like every 20, every December 23rd, it's on WPX or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, it's going to live on and we'll, we'll be quoting him until, you know, until we're in our nineties. Yeah. Just, a, it's just a great, like you said, secondary character. Uh, right up there with like Newman. Yeah, sure, Newman's, yeah. New- <laughs> Newman's yeah. almost like grandfathered as the fifth character, only because he lived in the building. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> yeah. Does he get a little extra? It's like four. It's like a four, not four A, but like a four D or four F or something. If there was a fifth, <laughs> if there was like a fifth, I don't know. That would actually be a good stat to look up. Who got like the fifth most screen time in Seinfeld? Wow. Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, Su- yeah, I mean Susan just for a couple seasons. True, maybe, I guess maybe, you got to factor in some of that. Yeah. Maybe even just one season, but Newman was there for you know most of the run. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. The parents had a lot of play too, man. I mean, they the, did. Yeah, I mean the Seinfelds too had a lot of play. Morty, yep, sure, sure, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Uncle Leo, I mean, he probably didn't get as much, but he was, you know. <laughs> He was on there a few times. Made made the most of his time on screen. He sure did. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So rest in peace, uh, Jerry Stiller. I don't know. We'll uh, 
we'll enjoy watching this stuff and pass this stuff along. Uh, next thing on the agenda is uh, Iron Mike looking to make a comeback. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Most dangerous man on the planet. Um, is that, is there any, okay. So you would pay 80 bucks or you'd come to my house and let me pay 80 bucks to watch that fight. Right. Whenever he comes back. Uh, yeah, I'd let you pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I you, can't say that I'm that invested in, t- I mean, how old is he now? He's in his fifties. Yeah. Not the first, not the first 50 year old fighter to come back. I think he's like 50, I, mean, I think he's fifty three. I think he's, gonna, I think he he's fifty three. I think he's fifty three. I saw a Holyfield joking around about it. I don't think it'd be Holyfield though. But I mean, listen, when uh, when George Foreman came back, he was in his fifties, I think, and it was a huge event, man. He came was back. That the Tommy Morrison fight? No, Michael Moore. Oh my! That was even after Tommy Gunn. Okay. No, yeah, I, I mean, it'll, it would definitely be a big deal. I'm not wait, wait, that. Foreman didn't fight. Foreman didn't fight Tommy Morrison, did he? Yeah, he did. No, 90, what? 93, maybe? 92? Oh, that's gross. He, Tommy Gunn beat him. Okay, well, because George Foreman knocked out Michael Moore when he came back. Not Fahrenheit 9-11, Michael Moore. No. Just want to more, just clear that more, up for our millennials. More, more. Is there, <laughs> yeah. ER at the end of it? This is a verb. <laughs> uh, I'll get you the exact year in a second. It was. Shit, I forgot about the Tommy Gunn fight. Yeah, he had. Uh... Oh, see, Michael Moore was 94. It was the fight right after Tommy Morrison. Morrison was June 93. Michael Moore was November 94. Wow. So Tommy Morrison beat Foreman. Yeah, it was only and, his fourth loss of his career. And then Foreman knocked out Moore. And I saw, I, I remember that, that punch like it was yesterday, man. It was like right on Moore's chin. That I don't put remember. Him, put him down. It was, I mean, it was a big deal, man. It was huge when, when oh, it happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, and, and this, that's boxing, man. That's, I, I am invested. If Tyson comes back, I'm, I'm, I'm all in. I'm totally invested in it. I don't care who he's fighting. Yeah, it's tough, man. It, that's I mean, he didn't look good when he came back out of prison, and that was like over twenty years ago. Uh, he ripped some heads off. He was all right. He wasn't. Uh, he wasn't he, great. He didn't. I mean, by going out there against the uh, the chick at Peter McNeely, I was like, that was embarrassing just on the on one level. But yeah, <laughs> but he had, no, but he had, he wasn't dangerous man, the most dangerous man on the planet, uh, like he was in the early nineties. But he was still. Who did he, yeah, he lost to somebody there at the end that was really bad. Yeah. Kevin McBride. Oh, that sounds right. Yeah, it, I mean, it wasn't like yeah, it was, he wasn't himself. But I mean, George Foreman wasn't himself when he came back. But it was just to see those guys in the ring again. Hey, True, they, but Foreman, for, did Foreman was Foreman this old? I think so. The not yeah, the nineties. He was in his fifties, I think. Huh. So that means he's probably like almost eighty now. He's old, man. Yeah, I guess he's older. Than, yeah. Hey, man, Larry Merchant said it in Rocky Balboa. He said, you know, the, the, all these fighters always got always feel like they have one great fight left in them. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. So if Rocky Balboa could do it against Mason and Lion Dixon. Yeah, well, we got we to gotta see who's lining up to fight Iron Mike. Yeah, all right. Okay, so you're, you're still, you're not, you're not sold. 
No, this is like bringing back a great TV show like 30 years later. That's what bets boxing, though. Uh, see, I'm like, I'm totally invested in the, like, the spectacle of boxing. Like, I love it. I love this shit. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah, this is what they do. Yeah, they, where they rope you in and it's a horrible uh, fight. And... It's still, oh, no, I, I'm a complete fucking moron for falling for it every time. But, no, yeah, of course. We know. But, uh, it's everyone, everyone falls for it. Yeah, but I go with my eyes open. Like I, like you know, it's you know it's a spectacle. You know that you, you know they have low expectations, so you're kind of pleasantly surprised uh-huh. when uh, when something crazy does happen. But yeah, you go in, you know, you're just wasting the money <laughs> just to see. Yeah, more times than see what yeah. happens. But yeah, that's you know, I, I'm I don't know I don't know how that got into my blood, man. But that's that's where I stand on boxing. So bring put Tyson in the ring, bring Foreman back at eighty, bring you know, bring Holyfield back out. I don't care. Get them all out there. <laughs> uh, you might. I think you're going to get what you want. I think. Uh, Sweet. Well, I don't know about Holyfield, but it looks like Tyson's back. What was he wearing? Like, so I didn't even really watch the video. He was wearing a Clippers shirt, right? Uh, was he? I don't know. I just saw he was kind of just just violently flailing. I mean, flailing. Yeah, I mean, with, he looked good. With precision. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'll, either way, I'll see you. I'm sure we'll we'll eat some gummy worms and watch that fight, whether it's at somebody's yeah. house or you're on like on my deck with the door closed. Um, a zoom. We'll do a zoom. That's all right. <laughs> that works. <laughs> all right. And the other big uh, sports news of the week is, uh, well, it's not really news, but the baseball owners uh, proposed an 82 game schedule. The season will start on July 4th. You have these divisions that are based on geography, expanded playoffs, universal DH, and uh, the I think the play they're supposed to meet with the players today too, and I have not seen anything uh, that came out of that meeting. Uh, but basically, it's going to become a big battle between the players uh, who are concerned about you know obviously coronavirus, and you have the owners who are concerned more so about you know filling stadium not filling stadiums but getting the TV dollars for uh, this year, making some money on it. I think that's part of the reason they want to expand the playoffs so more teams can make a few bucks in October, um, whatever happens between now and then, whether it's empty stadiums for a World Series or what, I don't know. But, um, uh, yeah, I think we're in for a little bit of a battle between the players' union and and the uh, the owners here as we figure out this baseball shit. So the battle would be basically how much these guys are going to make, right? I think as part of it is, the, yeah, if they make full full-year salaries, but also it's – it's a lot of, you know, they, have, they need the testing uh, for these players. It's got to be, I mean, players and uh, media members and staff and everybody who's in, involved has to be tested and retested and tested again and over-tested basically yeah. um, to ensure safety. Uh, players' families have to be compensated and taken care of. And, yeah, there's also the whole the, – the, the agreement – uh, on how much money they're going to, how much of a salary they're going to pull this year. And I think there's even like the players wanted like 50%, uh, a 50% take basically is what they're saying. Whatever MLB makes, they get half, which I don't know the full uh, economics behind that, but that seemed, I, I don't see like owners going for anything like that. 50 50 is not how the owners became owners. <laughs> right. Okay. I mean, the testing, I understand. They want to be tested and want to make sure that they're safe. I just feel like once you can get past all of that, yeah. you got to get your ass out there and play. 
You okay? Yeah. Like the safety, I understand. I understand that not wanting to, you know, get sick, and you don't want your family to get sick or whatever, and you want to make sure all that's taken care of. But I think once that's worked out, and I know I'm, you know, I'm being, I'm not being optimistic because I'm, I don't think it's going to work out. But the money shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, but it always. Is. I'm, sure, I'm sure that I'm sure that it's what that what will hold it up. It's, I'm sure. You think that's the last? Gotta be the last hurdle. I think gotta be like the. I think like I think that and yeah, if the protocols all kind of pass and go through, I don't think there'll be any debate about that. But yeah, I think that's gonna be like the biggest first hurdle, like the passover is who's gonna get what cut. Yeah, I uh, and ba- you know baseball is greedy all the way through, man. Yeah, baseball is greedy all the way to the the peanut guy. So uh, yeah, it's have have they proposed publicly what the playoffs would look like? Uh. I think it was 14 teams. I don't know exactly how that would work out. but Three divisions, though? I don't know. I don't know. I just saw expanded to 14. 14. I think it was, it was 12 right. or 14. Shit. I think it was 14. Well, I know originally they wanted to do 14 teams. They wanted to do... No, I'm sorry. Is it 14? Yeah, like the new... The number one seed gets a buy? That's 13, then. Right, because you because yeah. it can't be even number of teams and a team has a buy. Well, no, if one team gets a buy, like I, I might be confusing the football. Yeah, no, there's a lot of wacky shit going on with the playoffs. <laughs> the football one I know I liked, and the baseball one I didn't like. And I'm trying to think what the baseball one was. The baseball definitely had a buy for the top team. I don't know if it's going to be that for, for this scenario. I don't think it's going to be that. Maybe I mean you might as well try out whatever. But I thought it was an even number of teams though. That they were going to expand it to for this year specifically. Uh, well, I mean, by the time they straighten this out, we'll have plenty of time to talk. Yeah, about yeah. It, so 80, I can't even think about what the playoffs are going to look like right now. Eighty-two games. You sign up for that right now? Yeah, I mean, you have to. What? I mean, it's going to come with an asterisk, probably to whoever wins. It's not going to feel like a real season, but you got. It'd be nice to watch something. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, I I understand that it's not going to feel like a reg, uh, a regular season. Uh, it's not going to feel normal. It's going to be a little bit off, but hey, I mean, it'll be something. Do me a favor. Can you look up? Uh, was it Dodgers won in eighty two or eighty one? Eighty eighty one. Can you look up that season? How many games they played? Because I, I was reading something before about how you know, like the, the discriminate baseball fan knows that the eighty one Dodgers. Uh, played a shortened season and there's like a little bit of an asterisk by that, you know, mental asterisk by that. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't even know why there was a shortened season 81. That's probably yeah, labor. Issues. That one was, that one was weird. It was, they had like two halves of the season. Uh, they did it very weird, which I'm, I'm not even going to look that up right now, but uh, it was, like 110 games the oh, Dodgers wow. played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's, I mean, 50 games off. That's that's not peanuts. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, 82 games, but uh, yeah, so I guess, I mean, it's, to me, that's kind of forgotten in history. Uh, that doesn't, but 82 and this is going to, everybody's going to remember the coronavirus. It's not gonna, It's not like a labor dispute where people kind of for, you know, it all blends into your sports history. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, that this will be remembered I don't know if it'd be good or bad memory. I guess it kind of depends on how it all plays out, but yeah. 
All right, I think I know what happened in this season. I'm going by just looking at this yeah. click. <laughs> this is so stupid. <laughs> this probably I'm, – I'm sure they'll try and top it this year. But they had it where they had two halves of the season. Mm-hmm. So the first half uh, – let's say the first half – and I look at the National League, for example. The Phillies won the East and the Dodgers won the West. Oh, okay, right. So it'll come back to me a little bit. Okay. And then the second half of the year, the Expos won the East and the Astros won the West. So those were the four teams to go to the playoffs. So basically the Dodgers and Phillies could have gone over the second half and still made the playoffs. Oh, that's, why the fuck? I mean, there might be more to it than that, but I'm just, I just give it a quick glance, and that's what it looks like happened. It doesn't, that's stupid. Yeah. And the Expos had a really good season or something. Is that – I mean, when they got like two in the weeds in this. Yes, the Expos did. They had. Uh, I feel like the, overall they were the second best team. Well, in their division, I feel like I, I saw some of this, and the Expos got screwed for somehow. Oh, did the Expos get screwed? Hang on, did they not even make the playoffs. I uh, know oh, they did. They made it to the LCS actually, oh. and they lost to the Dodgers. Oh, so why do I feel like they some somebody said they got screwed? Or maybe it was a different team that that maybe it was like the Reds or something that got fucked because uh, of this weird ass format. What? Why they, well, they they were just trying something new? Is that what that was? I don't know. My question would be, what if one of the teams won the division in two halves? Then what would they have done? Because it worked. It looked like it worked out because in the American League, the Yankees and A's won their divisions the first half. Then the second half. It was the Brewers and Royals, so it kind of worked out good where they got four different teams. But what would have happened if I'm sure they had a tie, not a tiebreaker. But I'm sure they added something for the second, like a wild card. The team second place team yeah. would have got in. Yeah, well, that's fucking weird. Or maybe if you do, you get a buy to the LC. Wow, who well, it must have been a labor dispute or like a midseason something or other. Yeah, I, I've never really looked at. I, I know '81. I remember '81 being like kind of a uh, asterisk year. That's fucking weird. And I know that Dot Dodgers team has gotten a little bit of gripe. I'm not sure why. Well, I mean, I guess because it was a shortened season, people didn't think they were that good. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what happened though. That being said, fuck the Dodgers. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, the Dodgers will go fuck themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well. Uh, yeah, just uh, all fun times all around as we wait and see what kind of uh, bastardized versions of our favorite sports come around. I do fucking I, – I know we miss sports like we say every week, and uh, it, some days it's hit you differently, man. And I just – I think I, I, was, I was going – I was online today, and I saw a picture of somebody playing baseball, and then I scrolled down, and I saw just some, some, some a football player in, like, the shiny helmet and, like, ready to go, and I'm just like, fuck. I just, oh, I would kill for a sport right now. I just just, yeah, to, just to sit down and watch two hours of whatever I can get. I mean, like a big sport. <laughs> like I know I can get like NASCAR in a couple of weeks or whatever. But... Yeah, no, it's got to be a, one of the four major yeah. sports. I would even take NBA, which I hate the first round in NBA playoffs, but I would take that right now. I mean, right Something. right now, I think I'm I'm craving NBA basketball as much as ever, and it's probably because of this Bulls doc. Which nice job by you? Well, yeah, yeah. Nice job yeah. by you with that silky smooth segue. Mar- make Marv <laughs> Albert proud with that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So nice two parter. Good. I mean, we're finally kind of drawing the curtain back on Jordan a little bit. It is one big, you know, Jordan advertisement. Of course. Uh, I mean, he's got his hands all over this. 
But uh, still fascinating nonetheless as uh, we get uh, the curtain pulled a little bit. We see a little bit of what kind of makes Jordan tick and how he um, brings that competitive competitiveness to the table every night and every aspect of his life, really, and how he kind of pushes on his teammates. And then if, you know, it's the, the, the first one starts out with the Nets in 98. Uh, it was kind of great. It's kind of cool seeing Chris Gatling. forgot about Chris Gatling's uh, one of the most awkward, smooth, lefty jump shots you'll see. He just, the lower half of them seemed, always seemed to be just off kilter. But, you know, uh, shoulders up was money. Uh, but it was good to see Chris <laughs> Gatling. <laughs> this brought back some fond memories of the big guy. Uh, great to see Kittles and uh, um, Kendall Gill and Keith Van Horn. It was it was cool to see those guys once again as Nets fans. Um, but yeah, so we see like some of the Nets that go back to '93 and uh, the the whole thing with Jordan and losing his father and the gambling and people wondering if if Jordan's gambling anything to do with his father getting killed. Um, Really, and that's where we kind of get to see the human side of MJ, too. So we get to see this kind of robotic ultra competitor, and then we get the human here as he's talking about, you know, one of the hardest stretches of his life here. Yeah, they didn't really go too in-depth on his father. Um, they didn't really give, like, the the, uh, the kids who went to – one. I think one of, didn't one of them die and one of them still in jail? I have no idea. But the kids that murdered him, I have no idea. I've – yeah, yeah, I've I've never done like a full deep dive on his father's murder, but uh, there is a li- some crazy shit involved because they they each kid had two different stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know one of them said one of them came out and said that they both murdered him, then one of them came out and just said that I think one of them pulled the trigger and the other one just showed up and kind of helped him dispose of yeah, the body. Yeah. Uh, so there's no way I, I don't know. We're never gonna know exactly what happened. Um, I made a decision not to deep dive before the show though, because it could have went down a huge rabbit hole. Yeah, no. I mean, I just, I just it was always <laughs> just like. I mean, I don't think I don't think I don't think MJ is linked to it, his gambling or anything. Nah. But I'm, you know, there are some stories out there that. Uh, yeah. Would probably make you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, pe- people swung it. I, 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 for a long time, I've just I, I believe the story. He pulled over the side of the road. And he's there's a robbery gone gone awry, you know. I'm sure he woke up, he was startled, whatever, you know, try to fight off the guy, maybe. Guy could get scared, pulls the trigger, whatever, you know, however it went down, it went down. I think it was was you know, I don't think anything to do with him being Michael Jordan's father though. Uh no, probably not. Probably not. Um But yeah, that was uh it actually got you said it didn't get too in depth in it. I thought they I thought they stuck with it. I was surprised how much they stuck with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, because, oh, really? I mean, to me, it's – obviously, it's a big moment in Jordan's life and important, you know, for the next steps in his life. And, uh, yeah, important with that Sonics championship that ends – that ends um, – On Father's up, Day. Oh, yeah, well, then the first episode or the second episode? I saw fucking come – it's all bleeding – Second. A bleeding second together one, now. But, uh, yeah, so uh, – it's it's important, but I, I, I felt like they were they stuck with it for you know not too long. But I was I was surprised in a good way that they uh, they gave as much time as they did because obviously it had an effect on him going to baseball. And it's funny, you know, we talked about the Rodman thing had his own thirty for thirty 
And here's like this mm-hmm. Jordan thing had its own 30 for 30. Jordan rides the bus. So you, you have a lot yeah. of these things that I mean, this is how come this thing fits into 10 episodes here is because all these things have these little stories that can fit into their own hour segments. So you just kind of bring the whole thing together. So oh, it's, kind of, sure, yeah. it's kind of weird to have these Definitely. companion pieces uh, to, to this whole 10 episode thing. Do you think uh, Jordan goes and plays baseball if his father doesn't die? If you believe uh, that one guy, it sounded like he just wanted to three-peat, do, do what Bird yeah. Magic never did. And then it sounded like he wanted. It sounded like he wanted to play. I think the biggest. Uh, yeah, and it was, and he also said it too. But obviously, he. I mean, obviously, he's going to say it. But he said that he told his father he was going to go play yeah, baseball. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. It sounds like it. Sounds like the. the sounds yeah. like what would happen. Here's the, here's the other real question: Is do you think if there's no strike in '94, does he stick with baseball? Ah, uh, that's a, that's a better question. Um, you know, it's that's tough to think about because it really gave him an easy out to go back and play. Yeah, pitch, he, had you know? the, he had the downtime. He's you know he's calling up B.J. Armstrong and uh, he's okay. I come to the practice and you know next thing they're he's playing one on one and talking some trash. He's getting the itch again. And uh, he comes back, you know, a month later or whatever. Not a month later, but he's back shortly thereafter. Right. I guess he started going to practices and I'm oh, assuming man. like – Well, he came back in March. Yeah, late mid, March. yeah mid, late March, yeah. Dude. So I figure he came – he started going to practices at like February, the, January? Uh, yeah, I would say probably February. Yeah. Like a month, at least a month or Dude, six weeks the, out. The the hoopla, the media hoopla surrounding these two events, the Jordan retirement and the Jordan comeback, um, are hard to like fathom. I've forgotten how big they were. Like I remember the buzz when he's coming back. I remember where I was when he came back. I don't remember exactly mm-hmm. where I was when he retired. I mean, I was I was in school when the whole when like the press conference happened. So I don't know if I heard it in school or heard it after school. Uh my guess is like there was rumbling. There's no social media. Nobody had phones and shit. My guess was like, there was like rumblings throughout the school, and for some reason, like deep down, I remember like feeling like not believing it. Like I feel like somebody was fucking with me, and I thought they were just fucking with me. I don't know if that's true or not. It was just me. It was me digging deep <laughs> in the night as I watched it. Like what, where was I when it happened? Uh, yeah, I don't remember where I was when he retired. I know where I was when he came back, but when he retired. Uh... It's crazy because I remember his. I remember him going and playing double A ball for the White Sox. I remember the, you know the Sports mm-hmm. Illustrated cover. I remember all that. I don't remember specifically him retiring though. But I mean, it was definitely surreal, even as a little kid, knowing that because I mean, it's a, it's a guy. I don't have a lot. You know, I'm a little kid, so I don't have a lot to compare it to. But it, it was still strange to see a guy at the top of his game just walk away. Yeah, I think what what made it strange because Jordan. I mean, he Jordan was, 30 was such years a old. singular figure <laughs> and such an icon that that's what made you know if it was anybody else at the top of their game retiring, it's a blip. You know what I mean? But it's it, yeah, we've seen it. We saw it with Andrew Luck, even though it was injuries. But you know, we saw a guy like in his prime, a younger guy do it, and it was shocking. But it was like okay, we forgot about. Yeah, but he went to like take uh, take long strolls and you know, in Spanish gardens or something with his girlfriend or something like Jordan went to go play Jordan, Jordan left to go take on a completely different sport to take, 
Well, yeah, we've never seen. And yeah, like that's. That, I think no. it's because it's Jordan is what makes it so so strange and so unique. Uh, because it was the guy. Everybody, everybody thought at the twenty as twenty three. Everybody thought of him as you know a god in the basketball court. And here he is going and taking his taking his hacks in, in double A. And uh, I, I think to, I, I wish I remembered the news breaking. I don't remember the 93 ALCS, that first game. I guess that's what oh, it yeah, broke, yeah. right? That, that he was, yeah, he was that, going to that, play baseball. I don't remember it at all, but I vaguely recall that being a thing, right? 93 ALCS, White Sox, Blue Jays, I guess. Uh, yeah. yeah. He threw out the first pitch wearing that uh, Canadian tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, see, I don't. His baseball career is mocked. People always talk about how you know he's taken away the spot of somebody else who could have, you know, could have. Uh, he's trying to make it in the big leagues that they got drafted the right way. Jordan just using his name to kind of to get up there. What I found surprising was, mm-hmm. well, look, Jerry Reinsdorf said he could, if he got, 50, if he got like fifteen hundred at bats, he would have made, made the major leagues. Uh, so yeah, Frank Cohen is a guy that. that's tough to ignore. Like Reinsdorf is going to say, it. I mean, he's he's there to save face a little bit because it was his decision he, to let him play. Mm-hmm. But like like Frank Cohen, he was just right. stuck with the kid, and uh, and, and he's uh, he, he's saying that he had a chance to to make the big leagues if he stuck with it, which is crazy. But you see the number two hundred four on a double A ball player's baseball card. You're laughing. Him. He's not getting a second chance. But you know, because it's Jordan, obviously he had more. He's going to have a little more leeway. Um, and he's and these guys saw something. The fact that Tito Francona saw something in him. This is a baseball lifer. Saw something in him. Uh, is something. It might be because he's a, such a good athlete, Jordan. He might not have. He might not have hit. Oh yeah. you know, three. 350 in the big leagues, but he probably could have. They're probably thinking he could hit 250 with, you know, 30 steals or something like that. Be serviceable in that way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know where I stand with that because I mean, he he only he was only there obviously what you know one season, yeah. 94 because yep. the strike. Uh, I don't know if he could have gotten to the big leagues, and you don't know if he would have gotten there because of his name. You know, would it have been just like a publicity stunt, kind of like. Uh, what the Mets have tried yeah, to do. Yeah, I don't with think Tebow. Jordan would well, I don't think Jordan would allow it. As a publicity stunt. I feel like Jordan's the kind of guy that wants to earn his way to these kind of things. Yeah. And let the powers that be decide. If he wasn't good enough. I'm not I'm not sure he gets to the big leagues though. I'm sorry, I'm taking That's a lot. That's a lot. Sure, yeah. I mean you're talking about two more seasons in the minors, basically, before he gets called up and he's thirty two, thirty three. So, sure, yeah, at least. Yeah. Yeah, and what it's possible. I'm not ruling it out because we know Jordan, but I, I, just, I, I don't know. It's yeah. tough. Yeah. I, uh, for a guy who didn't, who, I mean, it's amazing how well he did. Just, you know, it was the first time they said playing since high school, I think, like yeah. junior year, maybe. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess you could say, you know, I guess you could say that from where he started to where he ended up, uh, you know, he was like a, he was a soft hitting outfielder though <laughs> you know? and i'm not sure i'm not sure you expect too much power out, out of jordan <laughs> but uh yeah do you think do, all right a couple questions one do you think and this goes along mm-hmm. with his father dying 
Do you think a, a big part of it was because not only a did his father die, but because of his father? I know his father's number one sport was baseball. You think that's a big? Well, I think Jordan's number one sport was baseball when he was growing up. I think he loved baseball. He, that was. Well, I think his father, because his father pushed yeah. him and wanted. Him no, I think play. I think his influence had baseball. something on him. I mean, he, he, everything you hear about him is they were best friends. They did everything together. You know, he was always there when they when the Bulls were winning the championships. He was he, so was Jordan with his father. Um, uh, you know, with Larry O'Brien and uh, James Jordan, basically, in those pictures. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's a big part of it. I, I think, you know, was he a hundred percent decided on it? I, I don't think Jordan does it. Here's a, like, yeah, maybe he was a hundred percent because he decided on the eve of training camp that he wasn't coming back. Yeah, so it, it was. Real. Like, it, was yeah, second, it wasn't yeah. like locked in. It's not, yeah. You might have. It, it, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure it played a huge, huge part in it making it finally trying to entertain the idea for a long time, and then, you know, once once the, once that happens with with his father, he's kind of dealing with that. Off season's kind of motoring him by. You know, he had considered this thing, you know, months ago, or maybe a year ago, and, and said, once I get my third. Uh, but it might have been talk, and that, it, it might have been like, "Look, I told my father's going to do this, and I'm going to fucking do it." And then, you know, that, yeah. that's it. So, hey, credit credit to anybody who fucking quit something that they dominate, something that they're great at, to try something else from the ground up. I don't know any other occupation. I mean, that you would want to do that. Like, you, you don't become like, I don't know what the fuck. You're not some successful actor. And then you're like, you know what? I'm going to try and become a, I don't know. I'm trying to get my PhD somewhere. Like, I mean, I'm sure there's somebody who's done it. You know, I mean, I'm talking about like uh, Bobby Brown for the Yankees here. Um, but again, Bobby yeah. Brown played a different era. He's not making as much money. He needed a fucking job after he's done playing. You know, right. Jordan didn't need it. Jordan didn't need another job, but he he decided to go back to the bottom of the totem pole, which is. Uh, do you, do you think? It was because he was so good at, at hoops that he needed a challenge. Is that hmm. part of it, you think? Just like a competitive mindset. Like, I just need – I want to see if I could be the best, you know, I probably played too. a part in his, in his mindset. Like, when he was going in, like, all right, look, man, you're, you're nothing here, okay? You, know, you got to build yourself up. Can you, can you build yourself up again? He yeah. talks about how he built his body into a baseball body over that 18-month period. And – I mean that in itself is, yeah, and you could tell that you could that tell in itself is dedication to do that, and like He's, guys, you know, and, and that's that's yeah. that's probably what he used to motivate him. And that's a that's just a big theme of this episode was was the shit that he the lengths he would go through to motivate himself, um, whether it be you know George Carl in a restaurant ignoring him and him saying, "Well, fuck George Carl," for, but then you know if like George Carl came by table and said something like fucking guy trying to be nice to me i gotta go and i'm playing him tomorrow you know he'd be pissed about that too yeah george and this this story the le bradford smith story i've never heard in my life was i was i don't know about you i was dying laughing have you ever heard of le bradford smith (laughs) no i mean i was i was dying laughing like they had me they had me hook line and sinker because you go, oh, the Bradford Smith torches Jordan for 36 or 37, 
and tells Mike at the end of the game, says, nice game. I'm like, oh, no, come on, LeBradford. Uh, yada, 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 Jordan. And the best part is, is the Bulls <laughs> won that game. <laughs> yeah, so, of course, Jordan still takes it personally. But, I get, you know, Jordan probably took it as, you know, he saw it as a failure because he wasn't able to fucking stop with Bradford Smith and he had to come out that they play him the next night. And he was a high round, he was a high uh, round draft pick, right? He was supposed to be. Man, really I have no idea. I have never heard of him. Was he, was he top 10, top 15? I think I'm going by I don't the, remember that what game. they said in the doc. I'm pretty sure they said he was, yeah. That's all I remember, and I, I was just like, "Who? I don't know who the hell this is." And I think we yeah, know why now. Ended his career that very night. Basically, there's a, there's a few guys like that who Jordan uh, kind of ruined, and they never. You ever heard the Muggsy Bogue story? Did I tell uh, that last I don't week? Think so. I don't fuck. I may have told that. That's the, that's the problem. <laughs> What's with the Muggsy Bogue story? I mean, I mean, we haven't. We're going to get into the Hornets eventually, but. At some point, I don't know what year this is, when this happened. It had to be later on in you know, the sec- Jordan's second stint with the Bulls. He told uh, – I think Muggsy had like a wide-open shot, and he was like, shoot it, you fuck. I think I told this last week. <laughs> fuck it. So like, he's like, shoot it, you fucking midget. And I guess Muggsy like – I think Muggsy airballed it, and like he said he was never going to see him after that. It's all it takes, man. And he also – Jordan also ruined – I mean – Ruined, I say with the, uh, you know, quotations around it. But Kwame Brown, just, they said he just like, yeah, his fault turned so under, bad. Uh, faulted under the. I mean, he was never. He didn't have it in him. Yeah. Basically, is what it comes yeah. down to. I mean, he, there's stuff. a lot of people bashing Jordan this week about you know his leadership style, but that's all it is: is a leadership style, man. You know, you could say he's a, you say he's an asshole, uh, but. You know, there's some guys who lead that way. There's some guys who lead that are more like a like uh, buddy buddy. There's more guys who are supportive, um, and there's um, there's also just depends on the people that are taking that leadership. You know, there's some people who need to be led like that. Some people who need that kind of kick in the ass or light that fire under you, basically. You know, some guy. I mean, listen. Yeah, I said this last week on the show, and I'll say it again. Just you know. He wasn't the nicest guy. He wasn't the best guy in the world. You know, he was going to ruffle some feathers. He was going to say some things that he didn't like. You were, you, you were even you – were, you were in danger of uh, even catching a right hand. Yeah. So with uh, Steve Kerr. I was like, but with all those qualities that, you know, were, weren't the mm-hmm. best mm-hmm. in a human being, without those, though, you don't get the six championships. You don't get all, yeah. you know, you don't get all those accolades and awards and the team success. So – it's just you gotta yeah. take it for what it is. Yeah. I mean, what are you gonna do? And the guys out there trying to win, see, and uh, see, you either loved them or you hated them, see, or, that's, or both. Okay, like you know, the, this the kid Jimmy Train on S on Sports Illustrated was saying that it's a myth that they is he, uh, oh they won six championships because Jordan was the best and Pippen was the second best player in the league. That's what he said. But look, mm-hmm. man, you need a certain. So is he dis- discrediting? Well, he's discrediting he like his motivational style discrediting him being a like i don't want to say the word bully but discrediting him being a bully as having an impact on which is bullshit because it because it happened i mean you can't go back and rewrite it you can't go back and say well look if jordan was nicer yeah if jordan was nicer do you think those guys be ready to butt heads with the knicks and the pistons and this and that like do you think they'd be ready to 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 do what they did or do you think 
you think they want to go to war with those guys? With you know when they when they knew Jordan would be there to uh, be asking for their heads if they didn't step up. You know what I mean? Uh, or they or yeah. they cower to you know uh, an Anthony Mason foul or a Charles Oakley foul or whatever it might be. What the fuck is that? That was my. Is that your doorbell? That, yeah, that's, that's a my first. doorbell. All right, hang tight, man, because this is new. All right, All right. see what we can do here. All right, let yep. me know if I got to call the. We're we gonna have a murder <laughs> on Sunday four. It's a package. Ratings <laughs> would spike. Anything? Anything for the podcast, man? Ah, drink. Oh no, there's a package here. <laughs> but uh the guy took off pretty quick. I got putting in the hours, man. What was that? UPS, FedEx? Oh, this is my USPS? new grill car. <laughs> there you go. Uh All right. UPS. UPS. There you go. What can Brown do for you? <laughs> Not for Full nothing. Circle on this show. Who the fuck rings the bell at 10 o'clock at night? Yeah, man. You got to, you got to go Navy SEAL Yeah, it's fucking me. Stealth in and out. Fucking packages there right now. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Did OJ <laughs> rang the bell? <laughs> yeah, OJ had a key. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. OJ was quick, though. Those Bruno, those Bruno, 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 were they? Bruno Vans. <laughs> Bruno, Bruno Vans. I almost said Bruno like Mars. Turkey killer or something, man. Bruno Vans. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Bruno Sketchers. Uh, oh, man. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that was fucking... I was so fucking Speaking weird. Speaking of OJ, back to 94. <laughs> wow. It's twice, man. Well done. Yeah, door, <laughs> doorbell rang. Yeah. Uh, so, all right, this was interesting. And this I knew about uh, yeah. before the doc started. But it was it was just talked about recently. The '94 Bulls versus the '95 yeah. Bulls was like night and day because the '94 Bulls yeah. were awesome. Yeah. yeah. Once Jordan left, uh, you know, arguably yeah, well, best losing Grant job. was was a big as a big loss, man. Like I think who, right? Because yeah. Grant was I think, I think Kukoch was playing a lot of okay. four. He wasn't really meant to be a four. Uh, on that team, uh, you know, I mean, like losing Jordan was obviously big, but everybody played as well as they did in '94, and they played together, and they're still kind of had that championship uh, caliber teamwork and metal. And I guess the... Paxson was, was he still on that team? Too, yeah, Paxson and BJ, and yeah, so there was some BJ, was, BJ was really good. Yeah, and, right. Uh, I mean, Pete Myers was a serviceable two guard. He wasn't Jordan. I mean, I was like the big joke going into that season was, you know, Pete Pete fucking Myers is, you know, Wally is Wally Pip, or no, other way around. No, what's the thing I'm looking for? Who replaced Garrick? Because Garrick replaced Wally Pip. How's that not replaced Garrick? Garrick replaced Garrick. Replaced. Fucked up the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. How is that? I knew what you were saying. Most, How is most that not a trivia answer? Like who replaced Lou Gehrig? Shouldn't it, shouldn't it be? Shouldn't that be a That's... trivia question? Yeah, because it's always the, the question is yeah. always who did he who replace? Repl- 
who replaced Lou Gehrig. That should street. be good. Uh, listen, look. Who did, who did Cowherp wow. Jr. replace? I don't know. I have no idea. Fucking Wally Pipps been getting a lot of shit, man. No one talks about who Ripken replaced. All right, well, that's we got to find out those two things, man. We we need this is this is the kind of. Hang on, I yeah, got to write that okay. down. Who replaced Garrick? Who replaced and who did Ripken replace? <laughs> yeah. All right, perfect. Ripken, Garrick, got it. Uh, so yeah, you were talking about Ku coach. Um, so that was his rookie year officially, 94. And very strange to Jordan see him Chiefs. at the press conference for Jordan's retirement. What the fuck is Tony Kukoc there? <laughs> like... Right, because he, 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 he had yet to play a game. Yeah. Well, whatever. He was just in the building, I guess. They told him to come on down to see what was going on. Yeah, and they said, I mean, I remember that series pretty well, actually, that, that series yeah. against oh, the yeah. Knicks. Um Memorable series for a series that didn't involve MJ. I mean, it's all those all those Bulls Knicks series. You just assume yep. Jordan was there, and obviously the, the only year he's not there, you know, the Knicks beat him. Uh, they had to work for it though. You know, a lot of memorable games. You have the uh, the Ku coach mm-hmm. game winner in Game Three, which is you know Scotty mm-hmm. refusing to go in, and Phil basically saying fuck yeah. him. <laughs> And what I didn't know about what I didn't know about that was Cartwright's speech after the game when he yeah, cares. A, hey, whatever. They rallied the team, man. I got Scotty back. I mean, it's amazing how Pippen did that, and how people are like, uh, I, I don't want to say forgiving him, but they still talk glowingly about Scotty. They still really like him. I mean, like they're not they don't hold it again. Three more championships after, I guess it's hard to hold it against them, but. It's a small blip. It's like one of those things when you lose really, so much. Really, oh, really weird attitude from Scotty where he like kind of admits he's wrong, but also says he would do the same thing over again. Yeah, it's just pride. Yeah, he doesn't want to admit. <laughs> he just doesn't want to do a, you know. I respect want to do a complete it. I respect it. <laughs> yeah. And then games five and six I thought were memorable too because the – Yeah, they didn't even touch on that. Yeah. That sense – I know, surprise. I thought they'd spend a Hubert little a shot. longer on that. And then game six, I just remember the Scotty dunk on you. Yeah, yeah. Disrespectful. And then game, game seven, I remember watching it, but I don't think there was anything too memorable. It was the Knicks. Just, I'm not, they didn't dominate to, the game, but it was, you know, kind of. Just how it ended was memorable. Fact. Just, you know, knowing, like, look, if, you, if they had Jordan, this game, this is not going seven. <laughs> You're just like, no, and then there's you and no, celebrating, no. walking around the garden, celebrating. Well, I think the Knicks were actually better the year before. Spot, yeah. Yeah. If you ask, like, a real Knicks fan, I think they were yeah. better in uh, 93. That was the team yeah. that people expected to go to the finals and yeah. win it. Uh, so, yeah, and then uh, the end of the first episode, seven, was just Which one? Incredible. Uh, this, this, how did it... it's when uh, they they're talking to Jordan and they're talking about like, oh, yeah. you know, is he a nice <laughs> yeah. guy? Is he this? Is he that? And he just goes, "Well, my teammates, what I want my teammates to say." He goes, and you, they'll say, "He goes, he never asked me oh, yeah. to do something that he yep. didn't fucking do." And then it shows like they're, the sequence, suicides, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, pr- yeah. Right, practicing, mm-hmm. lifting weights, his injuries from his second season, all like the shortcomings, mm-hmm. getting beat up by the Pistons. 
you know, followed by him like eventually getting choked up yeah. in the interview and calling for a break. <laughs> awesome ending. And I, I know what he I know what he was saying because he was basically saying like when you're my teammate, and I've always I've always used this uh, analogy with with sports teams and sport mm-hmm. like cursed franchises. What Jordan was trying to say was like when you're when you come here and you're my teammate, you're signing up for everything, like everything that I've been through, everything that I'm striving for. Yeah, like you're a part of that now. And I've always said that about like you know I, I always use baseball fall back on baseball but like with the red Sox and the cubs mm-hmm. the cursed franchises like i don't care if you weren't born during uh some of their down moments some of their worst losses once you put that uniform on man you carry all yeah, that back it's all there it's all there i i would i'm a firm believer in that especially as somebody who's not like religious and not into any of that like uh, mumbo jumbo bullshit when it comes to sports i'm like oh yeah yep i totally buy that like i totally buy that the red sox in like those uh you know pre-04 man like they would get tight and something something that could not explain what happened same thing with the cubs and bartman and you know uh forget about bartman you know that alex gonzalez era at shortstop go back and watch that like something just happens man where, like, you can't just poo-poo it and be like, oh, that, we, that wasn't us. So what do you, I don't know what you're talking yeah, about. It's like, some, no, you're Something you supernatural now. to it. What do you think, you, like, like, at what point is it, like, is it the first championship where Jordan earns that kind of uh, leeway because he's Jordan? And, like, okay, look, we, could, we did it once. We're going to do it again. And then from there on out, or with like the way yeah, he yeah like the teammates, you, can, you can't get away with that as a rookie obviously and it's i don't think between rookie year and 90 91 i don't you know it probably gets a little bit more like come come fly with me type stuff like let's go but at some point what point does the, yeah. the switch ah. turn on where it becomes this competitor to become this like fiery uh breathe down your neck get the most get every inch you can out of you uh leader like what, what? I feel like he was like that kind of early on. Yeah, but he wasn't From like that. Earlier... Car- he wasn't like that at Carolina, though. I mean, he definitely was. Like... No, he... no, he was definitely more reserved at Carolina. Um, I don't know. Like early on in the document, like he was yeah, always yeah. a shit talker out there. Like you know, they talk about the Celtics series yeah. when he talked shit to Ainge before the game. Um, I don't know. I think he developed that in the eighties and. Yeah, it just yeah. grew over time. Like, you know, when uh, when Phil got there, and you know, Phil was able to push back on MJ a little bit, but I think Phil understood. You know, Jordan was the alpha, and he was going to take. Yeah, Phil was able to kind of. Go. Phil knew how to uh, use everybody for what they were. He kn- yeah, he Phil knew. Had a he lot of managed egos, and yeah, you know, yeah, he knew. He knew how to use Jordan, so Jordan get the most out of other players, and he can get the most. Out, you know, I get the most out of them on the court every day. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And listen, this is the this is the bottom line with with Jordan. If he doesn't win, then he's just a dickhead bully. Yeah, y- you know what I mean. Like that, that he's like uh, I don't know. There's a million guys like this. You know, you look at like a guy like Jimmy Butler, who's perceived as like a you know uh, mm-hmm. kind of a cancer in the locker yeah. room. He's always bickering with his teammates because he hasn't won anything, and he's not good enough to back it up. When you're good enough to back it up. And you're winning championship after championship, and 
you know, you're the guy at the end of games who's always hitting the big shot and coming through in the clutch. Guess what? You're going to be able yeah, to say yeah. whatever the fuck you want. Hey, listen. I, does that make it right? I, yeah. I if it, it if you, does. Like, you know? If, yeah. I think if it does especially if you're obsessive right. that to the point of preparation and, and obsessive about winning, then yeah. And, then, and, and, it, and you come through time and again. I mean, let's say they get to like game seven of one of those finals and a, and a shot rims out and he comes and he comes back and he's working harder. He's working harder. And, you know, you can still, you still earn it. It's not like you lost an opening round of the playoffs. Say, look, we got this far. Now it's time to push it a little further. And it's probably like after the whole thing with Kerr, that was coming after the loss to the magic. And, you know, he had this, mm-hmm. this fucking summer that was just, incredible which i'm gonna talk about that in one second but we gotta take one quick break all right because i got this audio thing i don't want to i just want to end it here get back on it and re-up with uh just a a new segment all right all right all right that was just a little safety precaution just to uh hopefully maintain um our audio here the integrity of our audio uh, we had some problems in the past, so we just want to be sure we're all on board. So we're going to get into the summer um, after that loss to Orlando. But first, let's backtrack, um, come back to uh, the comeback. Jordan's famous uh, uh, facts. I almost forgot what that technology was called. Uh, and he comes back wearing the 45 with the shorts on backwards against the Pacers on a Sunday afternoon. And it was... I don't remember. I remember exactly where I was at, and I don't remember what my expectations were. At you know that ripe young age, I probably thought he was going to come back and drop fifty. Yeah, uh, against the Pacers, but he came back, and you knew, man, it was weird him seeing him the forty-five. Uh, he he definitely had lost his step. Uh, didn't have the hops we were used to seeing him have, and it just wasn't the same guy. And it was those. It, it was like just a deflated Jordan. Um. And he had some moments down the stretch, but that first day back was like, okay, this is not going to be an easy thing to happen. It's not going to be a smooth transition from baseball back to, you know, Jordan yeah. <laughs> dominating NBA. Yeah, I think they lost to the Pacers in OT. I think he had 17, I want to say. I didn't write that down. Uh, it was, so he wasn't yeah, great. He, he wasn't great. I, I, I remember like he, everything was short, like just – Rim, rim, like rimming it up front, front of the rim, mm-hmm. and uh, just like it didn't have any legs, didn't didn't have the stamina. Uh, and he's coming you know. back to a team that, as good as they were in 90, uh, 94, like we mentioned, ninety five team wasn't very good. And I think part of that, like you said, was no more Horace Grant. Yeah, uh, it was a little bit of a, it was a little bit of a new team. There were some new pieces uh, in play. A lot of the guys from the three peat teams were gone because. If you look at it, we're going to get to the you know the Sonic series. That second three peat was Jordan and Pippen were the only guys there from the first three peat, I think, right? Yeah, and Phil, yeah, obviously um, Phil, yeah. Because BJ's last yeah. year was ninety five. Was there any of like the um, what Stacey, like not Stacy King, Scott Those, Williams? Yeah, was Scott Williams a holdover for one nah, of those? I think both. Nah. I think all everybody was gone. It was all the three peat. The new three peat was like Kerr, Judd Bushler, Longley, yeah, Wennington, uh, Ku Coach. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was all new guys. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering if there was like one guy down the bench, but yeah, I guess 
So you got to factor all... in it's a bunch of new guys he's playing with too. Yeah, I'm not, ready. I'm not ready to blame his teammates for his shortcomings in this comeback. But, yeah, that's part of the – I get kind of the uh, um, familiarity down with, with those guys before yeah. you can before anything can happen. You know, even even if Jordan's the top of his game, those guys don't know what it's like to play with them, and he doesn't know what it's like to play with those guys, and it's, it's going to be all for naught. Even still, though, for them to take the magic. Uh, oh, and by do, the way, side note, that Pacers game – yeah. That was the same day as the Tyus Edney uh, shot against Missouri in the second round. Oh, the like the uh, the, wire, the, the coast, coast to coast. coast. Yep. Oh, same shit. day. I'm trying. To, I feel like because I know exactly where I was uh, for this game. I was I was in New Haven for the Jordan okay. game. I feel like that game was on later in the night. Yeah, I, I feel like it was like one of those games that went into sixty minutes. I think if I, I had, a, if I had a guess, I think I feel like I heard it on the way home. But I mean, I don't know. It's all yeah, it could have been. Um, I would now line up. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So, so the Jordan return right that day, mm-hmm. it gets all the. I mean, I'm, the fans were going crazy. Kerr said, it, you know, I think they said that it felt like a finals game. Yeah, he cut the intensity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've talked about this since we started talking last game, uh, last dance. Yeah. Like, there has there been a more universally loved athlete ever? Like, it's so weird because when you have a guy who wins, especially nowadays, like, you know, maybe towards the end of the end of their career, they're loved. But while they're on mm. top, man, it's usually most people are just trying to take them down. There's some of that it was though. Kind of yeah, weird, I don't, man. It was, I, don't, I, don't I don't know. It was very I, unique with Jordan. Yeah, see, I don't know how to. I really don't know how to gauge that because, like, like with Jordan, I was rooting for Jordan, and I feel like I, I, I feel like I, there's a lot of kids like me who just grew up not in Chicago rooting for him because he was the best basketball player. He was exciting, uh, and he won. Um, front runners. Yeah, um, I feel like there's a lot of people like that now as a Yankee fan. We watched, you know, we watched that dynasty, and you know, we our circle and in New York, like Jeter is loved and adored. But you feel that you feel the hate all around. As different sport, it may it might have something to do with it too, because basketball that can happen in hoops where you just follow a player. Um, but I feel like Jordan isn't universally loved like that much. I think the intrigue that's that's what it is. Is like there's a certain level of intrigue that doesn't follow a lot of these guys around. Like, I don't know who's from any sport coming back three years later who were disinvested in. To... Right, yeah. That has a lot to do yeah. with a different time, too. I mean, 90, 94, 95, that's – I mean, the NBA is huge. A big, big part of Jordan. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't want to – but, I mean – Shit going on in people's lives now than there were in '94, '85, where you could kind of yeah. just, you could kind of brush this shit off. Um, True. Yeah. I yeah. I, I don't. Say, I don't want to say it was universally loved because there were people trying to tear him down, and the people who. I mean, people. But I feel like by NBA fans. Well, yes, yeah, like I mean, everyone loved. He him. was. Rev- he was. He was intriguing. He was. He was revered because he was the greatest, and people wanted to see him. Play. Uh. I'm sure a good number of those people wanted to see him fall flat on his face, though. Yeah. All right. 
I mean, that, the, 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 the media members there and, and selling out, you know, selling tickets for 2000 bucks. Uh, I mean, that's, that's all product of being this big product. People, people, people want to say they saw. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely part of it. People wanted to see Ali in the ring, you know? Some people want to see Mike Tyson when he's 53 years old in the ring because they want to be able to say they saw Mike Tyson. <laughs> right. I mean, it's just it's just part of the of the of a mystique that I think we're kind of jaded now, and we're as a I don't know, maybe as a society kind of grown past that. People don't. It's like this thing where we look at athletes now, um, and I'm sure there was a, a, a faction of people who are doing this in '94. But we look at athletes now as overpaid, overhyped, me first yeah. type people, and and again, I, I'm sure people looked at Jordan like that back then. But I feel like we have moved we've moved in that direction as a society where people look at it more so, uh, overwhelmingly. I think like like that, and like they're spoiled to a point now. Look at it from the business. Side. No, yeah, nobody's worshiping athletes. Like we still love watching LeBron. We still love. You know, watching all these great players, Pat Mahomes, whoever, you know, you name them. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the, the hero worship is a thing of the past, I think. Yeah, maybe not so much with younger people. I think young people may still have it. I'm sure there's kids up there that look up to Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I don't know the kids, how kids look up to him. I don't know how kids feel about athletes now. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good I, point. Maybe it's just maybe kids watch sports. I don't even know if kids watch sports. I, I don't even know. <laughs> maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm jaded. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, so then I remember, like, later that, like, less than a week later, he hits the game-winning shot against the Hawks. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, these are building blocks, right? Like, you see them. Um, you don't because every step forward, there's probably a step or two back that wasn't in the documentary. That we, I, I, I still I don't remember. Well, they won. That's they, they kept winning though. That was the thing. Like he comes back uh, and they go thirteen and four to end the season. Yeah. So he may not have been vintage, but the team responded. Yeah, gave him a little juice. For and sure. obviously, having him gave them the best chance to win. And, what seed? Uh, what seed did they get? The I, I, I don't recall. They were the I. Uh, I believe the five seed. All right. And they beat not... either Atlanta or Cleveland in the first round sweep, and then at this point, I'm thinking they're just going to go all the way. <laughs> did you really? Yeah, because they. <laughs> You know, he obviously has that bad game in Indiana to come back with, but you know, the double nickel against the Knicks. Like that you was said, incredible. Game, that was nuts. I remember, you know, exactly where I was for that. And at that oh, point too, I'm yeah. like, okay, he's back. Like, yeah, he's back. That was awesome. Like I came back from basketball practice. I think I had or maybe it was baseball practice, I don't remember what it was. I had some sporting practice beforehand. And uh, I came I came back and uh I remember watched that entire game. It was incredible because he was hitting everything. And yeah. my favorite part out of control. My favorite part of that, and of course, was just everything's over Starks. And every, and and you just like the last shot coming to Jordan, and never saw it coming. And he passes it to wide open Bill Wellington for the dunk under the hoop, yeah. under the hoop. And it's just like, wow, all right, this, all right, we might, there might be something here. 
Um, but yeah, oh, they, was, beat, they beat the Hornets in the first round. My bad. Hornets. Just beating up on those Hornets. 3-1, three, three, they beat them. Um, but yeah, so let's take it right to that Orlando series. And Nick Anderson single-handedly, maybe, maybe, the, maybe the 98 Bulls 13th man, really. Because without Nick Anderson, I don't know how that, – that's, that's the spark. I'm Jordan would find the spark. But Nick Anderson yeah, talks. Well, he, he made the uh, yeah. He made the forty-five comment. Gets right? him back. Gets him back in number twenty-three. After um, forty-five, never felt right. That Just was it. and and I had forgotten all about like that Nick Anderson steal, and then I forgot. I even more so forgot about him throwing the pass away to Scotty on the other yeah. end of the court. And it's still, I went back, it's still I went weird back to and see watched it. a little. Yeah, I went back and watched a little of that series. It's so weird. I misremembered. Fail so badly. Yeah, I know he wasn't. He wasn't great in that series. No, uh, I except that game too. He was great because that was the game after Nick Anderson talked shit to him. Yeah, so he found uh, energy. Yeah. yeah, he dropped like forty, I think. And yeah. I mean, he was still good. I'm looking at the stats right now. I mean, even they lose game three, he dropped forty. They lose game five, he dropped thirty nine. So it's yeah. not, <laughs> it wasn't that bad. Uh, Just. But yeah, I had misremembered. I thought that was game five for some reason when Anderson picked his pocket, mm-hmm. but that okay. was game one. Yeah. And then game six, I went back and watched like the end of that game. That was crazy because they take like a six or eight point lead, mm-hmm. I think, with mm-hmm. like three minutes left. Mm-hmm. And they don't score again. The Magic go on a run. Jordan doesn't look great down the stretch and they just go right past them yeah. and win. And I don't remember specifically that game, but I remember thinking they would be they were going to beat the Magic just because they, they seemed unstoppable once he got back, barring that except for that Pacers game. Yeah, they just kept winning, and then they ran into the Magic, and you know Horace is on that team, and just a bad matchup. You know, Shaq and Penny. Oh, that's man. like a, that's a big what if. You know, I was a huge Shaq and Penny. I mean, too. the Penny Hardaway, he was so good, man. Yeah, and what him and Shaq could have done in Orlando. If things had broken differently, it would have been just that would have been so special. It would have been so amazing to see what they could have done. I mean, yeah. it, that was the original Shaq and Kobe, man. It was Shaq and Penny. Well, it was Kareem, Magic and Kareem was supposed to be. It's supposed to be the it's supposed oh, to be yeah. the new Magic and Kareem, and yeah, you're right. I mean, that's what Kobe ended up being. But Penny, Penny I mean, Penny was never Kobe, but I mean, no. Penny was he was a six nine point guard could handle the ball. He had. Had eyes in the back of his head. His just go to YouTube. Do yourself a favor. Just watch the Penny Hardaway highlight reel, man. It is you. Yeah. If you've forgotten how good he is, or don't know how good he is, go go look up a YouTube video of him, man, and just spend the six or eight ten minutes watching him. You know his no look passes and his and his dunks from his first you know three four years in the league before injuries started to take him over. Um, yeah, injuries uh, got the best of him for sure. Yeah, and he and then uh, when when Shaq left, like he wasn't meant to be the man, Penny. You know, he wasn't meant to be the number one guy on nah. the team, and it just never worked out. And that that whole aspect never worked out either. But yeah, if he had guys to pass to, man, I mean, he could, he could probably he could probably put up you know nineteen nineteen points, ten assists a night if if he had guys to pass to. And probably, yeah. pro- he could probably be he could probably average a triple double. He could probably. Uh, do Russell Westbrook a healthy Penny Hardaway today would one thousand percent average triple double. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> he was that good. Yeah, yeah. So he big, big good. what ifs, and then even Orlando, then Nick Anderson in that season gets cursed 
<laughs> with going oh. to the finals. She, you, don't, you don't talk shit to the king, man. You know, then it's going to come back to bite he your was ass never at, the, the same. at the free throw line. Yeah. <laughs> he was never the same. Yeah. So was that the, those four straight free throws? Uh, the guy was automatic from the line. And then he's. And they, and they, they would, all he needed was to make one of those and they win game one, man. Who knows what happens? Different series. Yeah. That's a good, then, yeah. Then who knows where Shaq Penny and that history goes. And they, they, if, and man, imagine the Bulls played the Magic as the Magic were defending champions instead of. I don't know if that makes a difference. Yeah, I but, think I think they, they probably still beat. Them yeah, seventy-two win team. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, so that that off season after the Orlando thing, he they lose to Orlando. He tells his trainer he'll be there the next day. Busts his ass right as he's filming mm-hmm. Space Jam. Now those those like days are nuts. The twelve-hour days. Then going to working out, play, pick up games, going you know going to his call time and just doing the whole thing for who knows you know for a couple <laughs> months or not. I'm sure it didn't take two months to film Space Jam, but let's say for a month he did that. Um, yeah. There, I, you know, we talked about the uh, Dream Team practices last week. I I have a lot of interest in those Space Jam pickup games. Reggie and you. Yeah, I don't know how much footage there is of that. Yeah, I would love to see Rodman. That also. I saw a couple younger players, and the only one I recognized was. Uh, well, Juwan Howard, he was a little old at the time. Juwan but Howard, Carlos yeah. Williamson, I think I saw there, who who would have been. Oh, really? Yeah, so I think. Was he the big guy down low? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was just, wow, Carlos Williamson must have been just coming out of college. Yeah, that's my guess, right? Because they had just played in the finals. Uh, we were just talking about I, that UCLA team. I'm pretty sure they beat Arkansas. Arkansas, Carlos Williamson in the finals. I think he got drafted by Sacramento, maybe? That might be it. He was, yeah, he was the early yeah. pick. Oh, yeah, I'm top yeah, 10 yeah, for yeah. sure. And, uh, yeah, so I could see him, you know, you hear there's a pickup game with, you know, Rodman and Juwan and a couple of their big men that you want to, you could be banging with next season. You, you run down there, man. You play. Right, yeah. Um, Sean Bradley. You mentioned Sean Bradley. I did not mention Sean Bradley. Uh, I wasn't sure if I zoned out there. Yeah, seeing Another, Sean Bradley. Well, he was in the movie. Yeah. It's the only reason yeah. he got in those pickup games. <laughs> Another big, another big what if. I don't know what the what if is, but what if, what if Sean Bradley wasn't seven foot six? What would he been doing with his life? Well, the the monsters took his talent, man. That was it. I don't think he was the one guy who didn't get it back. <laughs> yeah, nobody, nobody <laughs> told Sean Bradley it was just a fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it, man. Those fucking cartoons. They came and I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, and then they ripped through. 72 wins next season. And it was it was wire to wire even through the playoffs. I mean, I, you could we'll, we'll touch on the Seattle series, but it was wire to wire dominant. Yeah, sweep after sweep after sweep in the playoffs. There was a time when I forget what season it was. I want to say it's the 92 championship season that the Bulls uh-huh. early could have had a shot at 70. And then, like you, you look at the, these highlights, and they're, they're like they like a little West Coast swing, Houston, Utah, mm-hmm. and they they lost a couple in a row, and they you know it, it went out like people stopped talking about it, it like right before the All Star break, I think. And people, and this is the early three, right? This is ninety two. I, I'm almost positive it's ninety two. We'll touch on this probably next show, but the ninety seven team should have won seventy also. Oh, I have to I have to remind myself a little about that. All right. Yeah, oh, was that with Robin? They were they won. Robin kicked the no. Camel they man. won. Uh, I don't know, but they won sixty nine games that year, okay. and they lost three out of four to end the season. 
I think they kind of like yeah. packed it in at the end because they had everything clinched, but they should have won yeah, seven. They didn't need yet. to do it again, I guess. Just a fun, <laughs> yeah, just a fun fact. <laughs> no, they, they ended up working yeah. out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and yeah, you meant in the, in the playoffs, just a formality, man. And it was just dominance from day one. Like Jordan just wanted to take over the league, assert that he was back, and they were yeah. not to be fucked with. Getting Robin was was huge. Um, yep, you know, re- replaced even getting Grant. Ron Harper was huge. Uh, he was a big part of those teams. Yeah, Harper was another guy. Uh, Ron Harper was number one on the Clippers. You know, eight years before. You know, Wasn't he a number one on Cleveland? Too, oh, like on Cleveland. Yeah, I don't know if he was number one. He was probably like, yeah. But the Clippers well, it was him and Danny Manning on the Clippers. And then when he was on the Cavs, it was right. like Mark Price and Elo, and I think Mark Price was like number one. On that team, because Mark Price was always the All Star on those teams. Um, but okay, I'm sure, and I'm yeah. sure he played. That makes sense. But uh, yeah, so not, yeah, they ripped through 72, 96 as a playoff formality. This that Sonics team was no slouch. Uh, very good Sonics. Yeah, team. they could play. They had some. Uh, they had some guys on there. The, what's his obviously Peyton and Kemp are the two main guys. Yeah, that left. Sh- but they had some role guys De- too. De- Shrimp, Shrimp yeah. and Hersey Hawkins was a good good two guard. Hershey, uh, yeah. Was uh, Irvin Johnson on that team? The the other Irvin Johnson? Yeah, I think he was. Irvin John- and Sam Perkins too. So, oh, yeah. that's right. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. Right brings you right back. There's so much continuity in Jordan's career. I'm sure it's not I'm sure it's just because I'm so well versed in that Jordan history but there's so much continuity with yeah. guys that were there in the beginning that were there towards the end too it's funny uh yeah we have so many of these guys who just bounce around i don't think there's team. a worse nickname than sean kemp's nickname rainmaker the, the rain man oh rain, yeah rain, man, rainmaker the rainmaker uh i don't know john grissom I just... <laughs> <laughs> uh you know, you don't like Rain no, Man? No, but here's because we know Rain is spelled R E I G N, right? Rain Man. Rain's like, yeah. Rain's dunks on your head. But the only other Rain Man there is is fucking Dustin Hoffman. What do you imply? Like, what's the implication here? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's very flattering for, for Kemp. Um, I never really thought about it. Wow. Yeah, it just so you don't like the rainmaker. The rain. I don't like the rain. rain I don't really love the rainmaker either. To be honest with you, but not because it's it's insulting. (laughs) Just it's not very good. (laughs) That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Um. All right. Well. No. All right. Maybe maybe it's just me, man. Fucking. I think you're overthinking it. I don't know. I mean, it took me. It took me. I mean, that was a great movie, Rain Man. Even though you know. It's definitely a WAP. Definitely Hoffman. a WAP there. Definitely a WAP. Definitely a WAP there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I never, I, I had, I mean, I, obviously I'd forgotten all about the nickname. Right, so, yeah. Since I butchered it. <laughs> all right. And then, um, yeah, so we see, I mean, there's, you have any interest in touching on Gary Payton, the glove, and the whole thing, Jordan and the glove, and Jordan talking shit? Yeah. That's just Payton. Never had a problem. That was kind of Payton being Payton and Jordan being Jordan. When they were going at it, that's pretty much what it is. Jordan yeah. talked shit. Peyton was, you know, he was probably a starting point guard in the all shit talking team in '96. Sure, yeah. and, you know, and he was as good shit talker as anybody that was out there. So, man, that's pretty much what you expect. 
and then look, it was just meant to be, man. They come back, they win it on Father's Day, brings this whole two episode yeah. arc to a to a nice tidy close. Uh, I'd never heard the Jordan audio crying like that. No, first that time. was it took me by surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a kick in the gut, man, because you know. You know, they showed his kids and you know his kids in the uh, in the crowd with the Happy Father's Day sign, and it's kind of brought back. It's Father's Day. Jordan came back to do what he wanted to do, and uh, of course, the, the the one man he wanted to share with's not there. Um, right. Yep. But you know, all that hard work and all the tears and all the blood paid off, and he's he's back on top, back where he belongs, back where his father last saw him, and. Uh, uh, probably, probably a big relief for him right then and there. Right, and then you know they obviously in that Father's Day they get uh, you know back to where they want to be, and it's fitting how the episode ends with the you know obviously the cliffhanger of them going to play ninety eight yeah. cliffhanger. If you yeah, if you were in a coma the last twenty three years, uh, it's a cliffhanger. That, you, but... you said how great that first episode ended. I thought that was awesome. I just said episode ended. I there's yeah, no, something I very cool about seeing. <laughs> Chris Mullen with his shorts hiked up to, you know, just below his balls, uh, getting ready for a tip of an <laughs> NBA playoff game. Something great about it, man. It just gets me, gets me gets, yeah. I'm pumped for it. That series, that series is brutal. Can't wait for it. Yeah, definitely, definitely a physical uh, battle. That Going back uh, quick to touch on that yeah. Hornets series, um, that Hornets team, I had forgotten how weird that team was when they oh, were showing Mason, the, uh, yeah. obviously they, yeah, they focused on BJ Armstrong, who I had forgotten all about. Um, being on yeah. That I, I, that, that all came back to me when they showed him like him hitting that shot, him having that, that, that amazing game. Uh, that all kind of came back to me. I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot about this. You know, this is kind of a blip, a little fly on a fly in the soup of another championship. Yeah. Court. Yeah. Uh, Glenn Rice, Divac. Yeah. You said Anthony Mason, right? Very weird. Yeah. Del Curry was on that team. Of course, yeah. That was like that team looked like a team like you would draft in like a fantasy draft playing a video game. <laughs> yeah. It was just a bunch of guys who, like, you all those guys you know as different from different teams. Like Mason, you think of a yeah. Nick, as yeah. a Nick. Divac, to that point, you actually thought of as a Laker. Even after that, you think of him as a king. Yeah. Like I didn't think of, but other than other than like Bobby Phils, who rest in peace, Bobby Phils. Like that's the only guy I think of on that team as a Hornet, and maybe Mug. Oh, Del Curry. What do you think of him? He's a he's Hornet, lifetime Hornet, isn't he? I actually, I don't know why I think of him as a. Oh Raptor yeah, as a Raptor too. Yeah, for yeah. some reason, I mean, well, just because that he played in that series with yeah. Vince against Iverson, and I, he had a couple shots in that series. I'm sure he's definitely more of a Hornet. It's just. I don't know, something about that Hornet team. And I was like, wow, look at all these guys. It's like a mismatch of all-stars from different teams. Either they're over the hill now or – Yeah. Well, you know, it is a, a weird team. Obviously, they were a good team. They what, were in the playoffs. Was it, you know, it, was just, uh, it was a patchwork team, though, yeah. That's all they got for, that's all they got for Kobe, yeah. though, was one, uh, was one playoff win. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and all time will end on this, but the 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 speech not even you can't even call it a speech. In a movie it would be a speech, but Jordan's sitting there in between games two and three talking about BJ Armstrong with the <laughs> baseball bat and the cigar in his mouth. <laughs> it's just like 
I watched it a couple. I watched it a couple times. It's like you can put that up on the big screen on the Yankee game when they need to uh, score run in ninth. <laughs> just play that, man. Yeah, just, just, just play that shit. I wrote. I wrote down exactly what he said, and it's nothing even that special coming from me. But like, it's just I don't know, maybe because he had a cigar in his mouth, he goes. They're talking about BJ. He goes, but that's all right. Let's see if all that trash talking starts when it's zero zero instead of a five six point lead. <laughs> that's when it starts. That's the sign of a good man. If you could talk shit with an even score or talk shit when you're behind, when you're ahead, it's easy to talk. <laughs> I was just like listening to that like, oh, my God, that was <laughs> that's awesome. That's better than the 300 speech you put up on the big screen, man. I will take that Jordan speech over anything in 300. <laughs> anything, yeah. It's so inspirational, man. It was just like – it was him like pumping himself up to beat the Hornets, man. Like I don't even think you – yeah, you didn't even think you had to do that, Mike. You could have like played like twenty five minutes in those games. It's ro- it's rock. It's, any any it's edge, Rocky man. to Adrian saying win. It's Al Pacino on any given Sunday. The, the two inches in front of your face, yeah. and it's Michael Jordan. Uh, you, you know, takes yeah. a man to talk shit. And Rudy. Oh, I guess Rudy. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Mount. That's the Mount Rushmore right there. Uh, that's fucking great. Well. Okay, all right. Well, good stuff, man. All right, we'll be back here. Unless you had anything else, that sorry, I was ready to wrap it up. You have anything else you wanna? No, no. I that's the way to. Spent. That's a great way to end it. So, uh, again, thanks as always for listening. And you got anything you want to add? No, nope, just follow us at Sunday Poor, the Twitter and Instagram, and uh, Serenity Now. There you go. Who is fucking? Who's having sex with the chickens? All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Talk to you a couple days here on Sunday Poor. All right. Peace. I got a lot of problems with you people. Uh, Man, he was still. I got to watch a little Seinfeld tonight now. It's usually on. Can you? Is there anything else besides Seinfeld, Zoolander, or King of Queens that you can remember Jerry Stiller being in? Because he was in a million things. No, I don't even think I saw. I don't even think I saw all Zoolander. Oh, he's. I don't remember him from Zoolander at all. Well, he's in it. Okay, so there's so there's just two things. Just two things. Um, What what a fucking run and what a two decade run the guy had. Amazing. On two Amazing. shows, yeah. Below, just, uh, let me look at his filmography really quick. I might see if I notice him from anything else. I don't think so. Yeah, man. We just like this guy. Just this, this, just a, he was just a working <clears throat> comedian for like 40 years. And then, uh, you know, in shows and variety shows, uh, late night you know, spots, stuff like that. And then also just hits it, man. It goes, and then that's it. And he, he goes from probably his beloved guy that you've seen on – not me, but beloved guy that you'd seen for like 30, 40 years on TV to this beloved successful guy. Not to say he was a failure before that, but he just wasn't you know, uh, as famous. And he, and he probably – let's see. Seinfeld comes out in 89, so it's like early 90s. Him and – I mean his – Ben Stiller probably made it big at yeah, the same time. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. 
right? It's yeah, because he had Ben Stiller. They have like was it something called like the Ben Stiller show, and like him and Garofalo doing. So I don't know. I don't know the whole Ben Stiller success story. I don't know, I don't know how he rose um, from the ashes of being a. He was in heavyweights. Remember yeah. heavyweights? That was one of his early ones. He like hosted a he. Uh, <laughs> He was like a, a gym. I don't even know what to call him. He was like a a fat camp, but he like trained the kids. It's like a personal oh. trainer or whatever. For heavy, who was? It was like who, a kid. Who else was in it? Keenan Thompson. Oh, he was one of the fat okay. kids. Goldberg was he in it? Um. Oh, wait, we got Jerry Stiller. Oh, in all it. right, there you go. So you knew him from heavyweights. <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, it was 95. The first night of summer brings the revelation that the original owners of Camp Hope, the Bushkins, who's Jerry Stiller and Ann Mara, yeah. obviously his parents, have entered, have entered bankruptcy, and the camp has been bought by fitness entrepreneur Tony Perkis. Who's been, it's kind of like a ripoff. Well, not a ripoff because it came first, but kind of like dodgeball. Uh, <laughs> What's his name? What's his, like one of those guys. Like He's like a dickhead. <laughs> Yeah, still yeah. a lot of great dickhead roles early on in his career there, man. Billy Madison. Yeah, Billy – or no, not Billy. Happy Gilmore. Said it yeah. too. Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah, I'll give you a warm yeah, glass and glass. shut the hell up. Yeah, a couple good dickhead roles. <laughs> uh, then became then became Gaylord Flocker, and he was like this kind of cute, stuttering, funny guy. Yeah, that was probably his. Well, yeah, I was going to say that was his like, huge break to put him on the map, but probably something about Mary. Yeah, oh, something about Mary came first. Yeah, same thing. It's kind of this stuttering, lovable loser. Yeah, and I mean, in, in the only the only planet where he gets the chick over Matt Dillon. Well, that yeah, one. because Matt Dillon's got those chompers. <laughs> he did have the chompers, and that's. And he was a stalker, staff. and he was a little bit shady. Well, not for nothing. Ben Stiller's the real stalker in that. Ted. Because yeah. he yeah. hires Matt That's, Dillon. They're all flawed individuals. She probably should have just left, like, left Florida and not married any of them. Should she have went with Favre? Definitely not. We know his history. Now, yeah, yeah now right. with hindsight being 2020. It's, it's fucking yeah. dick pics. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jen's. Yeah, it's a good call. Not good call. Not going with Fargo. <laughs> no, definitely not Woogie. Woogie's even worse. Was he like, did he have like a shoe fetish or something? Was he like stealing her shoes or something? Yeah, he was stealing her heels. Plus, he was married with kids, so baggage. Yeah, I guess Ted was the only uh, option. I don't think so. It's Cameron Diaz. She had more than one. She had to go be a little more. Uh... Well, of of the honest, there's also the guy who was pretending to be a cripple. And an Englishman who's a pizza delivery guy. Oh, Norm. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Norm. I'm a pizza delivery boy. <laughs> I love her, man. Oh man, I, I just, I'm kind of pissed. I'm kind of pissed we didn't correlate the the rise of Jerry Stiller with the rise of Michael Jordan in the '90s. But what? Maybe we'll say that for next time. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. Oh, uh, we're gonna end on your norm <laughs> impression. That was perfect. Well, good, good show, man. <laughs> All right. Two Seinfelds coming up at eleven. Thanks for right heads now. up, man. Anything That's good? Which episodes? All right.
See if there's uh hang on. They're not they're not uh in order. Season six, episode five. Oh, the couch. Pop, pop, poppy peed on I my couch. That's yeah. With Poppy on the couch. Uh, and then season two, the deal. Jerry and Elaine come up with one stipulation. Uh, yeah, getting I'm, back I'm gonna together say, as a I'm gonna couple. say okay. not Jerry Stiller episodes. Yeah, never. Maybe the season six one outside shot. Uh, yeah, I would say like he could be doing like something with Kramer, chance. maybe. I don't think that's I don't think that's the episode with the maestro where they're playing pool. <laughs> nah, probably not. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Talk <laughs> all to right. you later. All right. All right. Peace. All right. See. Ya.